You are now listening to The Sooner Surge. All right, welcome back to the Sooner Surge Post Bedlam podcast. Make sure you follow us and subscribe to our podcast. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And gonna just get started right into recruiting today. Hearing some things this morning about some things from last night. You know, we had a lot of visitors in. We all knew it was a huge weekend for OU as far as recruiting, as far as the game itself. But just kind of hearing some things about some big time flips, kind of flip season for OU this morning, uh, with names like Hicks, Bowen, Sanford. Started hearing things and um, had to connect the dots a little bit, but I think we're starting to see it tonight. We we saw Sanford just commit on his Instagram page, and I've seen some crystal balls now uh, for Bowen. Um, I and I'm pretty confident. That it's, I mean, that the Hicks Bowen duo that we've all been wanting is going to happen. Um, and guys, you can't get a better weekend than what just happened with that and with the victory for OU. I mean, doesn't get much better than that. No, for sure. I agree. And, and well, I think you mean that. And I don't, I don't mean Sanford on, on this Instagram. I meant Sanders. Sorry. Well, I think I said Sanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant Sanders. I mean, that's one domino just like I've talked about on a podcast before. We've said it. Ashton Sanders, Taylor Wine, Peyton Bowen, David Hicks. Those are the guys to watch out for this weekend to potentially commit. We got one domino to fall, just like you said. So, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. But, I mean, if all the dominoes continue to fall – and and it, there's a there's a potential this class could end up being no, number two in the country. Yeah, but here's here's the deal on the, on some of this though. Like, I don't. I mean, I think I think Hicks. I don't know if he's going to be an early enrollee. We may have to wait this out for a while on on if he's going to. I mean, this is going to go down to the end. Even if he says he's committed, guys. I mean, and, and from what I heard, a, a lot of it had to do on Hicks' side of it is. Basically, he was at OU to see if if everything was in place for him, and and you can take that with what you want it to to be. Um, obviously, we know he got an NIL package at A and M. You know, OU's been real heavy on this new NIL uh, initiative, and I, I have to think that basically he came here and was seeing if everything was ready to go for him, and if so. Um, and I think it was. I mean, from what I've heard, is that they've ponied up a little bit, and I think he's he's ready to commit. Honestly, we all know this is really where he really wanted to be. Anyway, he brought his mom and dad this time on the visit. They're still here in Norman as we record this. From what I've heard, this is Sunday evening. So, I mean, I think all things are lining up pretty well for that. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, I think it just speaks to how elite this staff is that Brett Venables has put together. Because even though they've struggled on the field, them being able to, with being six and five, still being able to be in contention for guys like David Hicks, Peyton Bowen, who are five-star players. And these are guys 
that are game changers that this team does not have on the defensive side of the ball at all right now. So, I mean, whenever you get both of these guys in, they're going to make an instant impact. And, guys, Ashton Sanders is a very underrated commitment because he's a true nose tackle, and this team does not have one of those. So I think there's a chance he could come in and get playing time uh, next year because that's what they were recruiting Caden McDonald for before that kind of fell out and he committed to Ohio State. But, I mean, so, yeah. How many five stars in the last – can you name the five stars that OU's had the last – maybe in the five years, last five years? On offense or defense? Well, we, we have the three receivers in 19. Trajan Bridges, then, Theo Weiss, and Hazelwood. Yeah, then Rattler. None of them panned out. Okay, but None Billy Bowman was five-star, right? No, he was a high four. What about, uh, uh, Caleb Williams. Bookies. Caleb Williams. Oh, bookie. <laughs> He was oh, a five-star. Yeah, I know he was. But my, was my point, guys, my point is. No, Royals was not a five-star. Royals was not a five-star. He was the number one. Justin Royals is a five-star in my heart. That doesn't matter. But, hey, five-star. Billy Bowman special. You, you can definitely see Caleb Williams, Bowman, uh, those uh, those receivers. I mean, I don't know how to judge them based on off-the-field problems. And all the other two guys outside of Bridges all went through major injuries uh but these are guys out of these guys coming in if you can land a few more of these guys i don't know what the word is that you guys are hearing on bowen but i haven't been hearing that he's sold totally on ou there's a lot of people who think he's not going to make the flip but more well, recently in the last few hours i've heard more that he is well here's harris. the deal here's the deal jeremy. Nick harris. jeremy here's the deal his girlfriend's going to you. From what I've heard, it's basically it, it, it kind of hinges on his mom from what I've heard. I don't know if that's true or anything, but basically his mom doesn't want him to go to OU. She wants him to go to Notre Dame. I, I don't know the whole thing. Jackson Arnold's obviously pulling him hard uh, to get to Norman. It's a two-hour drive every week for his family to come watch him play. I honestly – I mean, and you talk about a game-changer. And, and Brody, you tweeted it out earlier, and it, it kind of blew up on Twitter, the, the Bowman and Bowen. I mean, it's like a law firm, Bowman and Bowen backfield. It's that that duo right there. I mean, we've seen what Bowman's done when he was out for the injury. We saw how the defense played. You get both those guys on the back end, and then you get it. If you somehow, if you are landing Hicks, you get Hicks in the middle with LeBlanc guys. I mean, Hicks is a guy like Gerald McCoy changer. I mean, he's a guy that's going to be like that. Oh, he's, he's going to totally Harris. change the D line. He's, yeah, Tommy Harris, Gerald McCoy. Yeah, he's def he's the one. I mean, if, if you could he's get the one, one guy, that's the one I would want. I would say the one is Bowen. Uh, from everything I see on Bowen, mm -hmm. all these guys, uh, they've obviously been at pretty much every Denton Geyer game this year, and they're saying that Bowen's arguably the best recruit they've ever seen play. I mean, you saw him. They're playing Highland Park. They beat them by 21. Jackson Arnold, another phenomenal performance. But Bowen, 100-yard pick six in that game. I mean, that's really, honestly, that was the difference maker from it being a, a one-possession game, really. Uh, it was pretty back and forth. And then Bowen gets that 100-yard pick six. He's done it all year, both sides of the ball. I, I really think he's the most important recruit for OU this year. Yeah, crazy. You know what's crazy about what we're talking about, guys? Every player we've mentioned pretty much is defensive side of the ball. 
That's right. And Jeremy, if you just think about this, if you get, if you are to get Bowen and Hicks, that's two five stars on the defensive side of the ball. You also have Autobari committed, which is for some reason he's not a five star. What's up with that? Buddy, he's yeah, a five star. He's a five star. Yeah. Well, I saw somewhere he's a high four. He's a no, five star. Okay. Okay. So he's a five star. What is LeBlanc? Four, four. star. Okay. I mean, you got fours and five stars all over this class on defense if it hits. I mean, you talk about it. it that's a year or two from being dominant. Well, and go back defense. to last year. What was Canick? Yeah, he's a four. four. I think he was a high four. four. Kobe McKenzie. Yeah, he should have been a four. McKenzie four. was a four. four. Kip yeah, Lewis. Four. Low four. four. But they're all fours and fives, I'm saying. I mean, they're all fours at least. There's no threes anymore. But the thing the thing with it is stars, yeah, stars are great. But if you have a staff that can truly develop the talent, I mean, like you talked about Adabari, like he has so much potential to be so good. And then even like a R. Mason Thomas, three-star, I mean, I really think he could be really, really good in the future. Well, yeah, I mean, I still uh, remember in – May, June, before this year, people were calling OU three-star U saying this stuff sucks. Well, I mean, now we see what's happened. It's just who, been – Whoever said – hey, Jackson, whoever said this stuff sucks at recruiting? I don't remember that. No, there was that, an article that was all over written Twitter, by someone. Mostly Texas fans. But no, there was an like, article written by – Someone that was big, I don't remember. Yeah, but nobody I mean, could nobody know, could know with this staff because they hadn't had any time to recruit. No, it was just everything was Oklahoma recruiting's dead. Oklahoma yeah. recruiting's dead. Before July. Then we had, yeah, then we had July where we had like, a, what, eight commitments, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they also hosted uh, – they had a Michigan commit here, four-star, the end. Um, can't, I'm trying to remember his name. Do you all remember it? Was it Ezo or Ez? Yeah, wasn't David Stone there too? David Stone was there. He's a five-star. He's 24. Well, David Stone's been in OU lean for about two years now. Wait, isn't David Stone the number two player in the class next year? Yeah. He's he's at IMG. Supposedly he might come back to Dell City. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. I mean, I don't know, like. Just the potential that this team has whenever they get in all these guys is really scary. I mean, because I can't tell you the last time I felt confident saying Oklahoma has a legit chance to be a perennial defense in all of college football. I mean, I mean, they have the potential. Yeah, I mean, but – I mean, we can. We said all along, guys, it's been lack of players. Everyone's been saying lack of players, lack of talent. So, I mean, this is who's the next guy? Uh, Sanders is already committed on his Instagram. Well, right? I think it's Dolby. All over Twitter. Who's think, the next guy to yeah, follow? Who's the next Kendall Dolby. Taylor Wine. Taylor Wine. He's legit. Dude, his film, y'all, you should watch his film. He's so much like Colton. Uh, Vasek, I know people don't want to hear that name, but their play styles are very very similar. And if he played at a high level program, he would maybe be a five star. Yeah, it's I mean, I look. He plays like two A football in California, I think. I I look for Sanford to commit pretty quickly, and I I think Damian that's Sanford. And I think that's the key for Hicks. I mean, I think when you see that commit happen, Hicks 
I mean, well, it's going to be so a... many uh, linebackers in this class. Not like, really. We lost Sam. Yeah, like you have Sammy Omasigo, uh, Phil Pachotti, Lewis Carter, Lewis Carter. I'd imagine they'd take four. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think there's would a good probably... chance we get Sanford. Uh, I mean, Travis Davidson was talking about it on Friday with yeah. uh, how OU is trying to establish that Katy Paytow pipeline. And, I mean, that he's from Katy as well as David Hicks. So, if we can get both of them, that, that would be huge. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see Kendall Dolby. The number one, I think he's number one JUCO defensive back out there. Yeah, he is. Um, he, so he plays at. Hey, he goes to NEO. NEO yeah, where it uh, is. NEO came to Sepulpa the other day to look at one of our players, but he wasn't at school, so you know, it's just one of those situations. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I think Bowen's gonna make another visit to Notre Dame, but. I don't yeah. know. Everything I see is saying he's going to be at Texas next week. For yeah, I, I've heard Texas and Notre Dame is was what his next if he went to two visits, but it would be here's Texas thing, next week. Here's the the thing about I mean these guys were there together, okay? So they're not they weren't there separate weeks. Hearsay here this guy said this this guy these guys were there together. So you know the talk was the talk had to be at some point. Guys, this could be special. This class, all of us together, there had to be talk about that. OU's not stupid, okay? It was a night game. The lights were amped up. Great performance by the defense. I mean, I don't know how, if they go anywhere else, unless there's just money just thrown at them, I don't know how the experience could be any better than this weekend. Just, yeah, but listen. It, it listen. couldn't. It couldn't be any better. It was 100%. That was how we had to play for hopefully all these commitments to fall into place. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Hunter. And I don't think there's any coincidence this NIL collective just happened three or four days ago when they brought that out and said we have seven or whatever many days it is to, to raise this much money. Yep. That's it's not gonna a coincidence. End. It's going to end – a week before National Signing Day. Wait, now, it's really ending? Now, I didn't know it was ending. I thought it's it not was ending. Just... It's not ending. They were just wanting you to know, have a single out by 1.5. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a coincidence they want three mil by a week before National Signing Day. All now, I will say. Say a rum- I will say a rumor I heard that I don't know if I believe. Dream? Dream offering uh, – Dream giving David Hicks five million. Okay, so with the NIL, that, we're talking Guys, about it was from a pretty good source, to be honest. No, just NIL in general, though. Like, yeah, it's cool. I know we have to do this collective thing, but I really don't like NIL on that it is not what it was intended to be. Like, I it agree. should be purely just the video games, jersey sales. Yep. If you want to do some advertisements, you know. Make money hey, off of your well, name, not just pay players. To well, well, it's also, it's also like, I mean, really the first big NIL deal we heard of was Bryce Young and Spencer Rattler, where they were just starting to get money thrown at him and stuff. And, and I mean, yeah. it's, it, it, it really seemed like ever since then, too, it's just gotten out of hand. Hey, but I listen. Mean, well, from the start, like, I don't know what the NCAA expected because – 
players before even NIL was a thing were getting paid. There's no doubt about it. Lots of big time recruits were getting paid. Now NIL is going to be the downfall of the NCAA. They're it's going to have to be. The NCAA has been on a downfall for like eight years. No, but but for college football to uh, survive, they're going to have to go to another like jurisdiction type thing. Because this year, after everything that happened with USC and all the, I mean, the flaws were obvious from day one with NIL. They didn't even amend anything in their constitution. This, uh, I think February is when they had the meetings for it. They just, they kept it with the same thing. Like, you have to change stuff when you see the amount of tampering and hey, obvious. Well, speaking of I, Jackson, I, I understand why. But Hunter, I understand what y'all are saying about the NIL, and I agree with you. But at the same time, yeah, it is for like jersey sales, video games. But if you don't do what the Alabamas, that A and M, the Georgias, you're not gonna, you're not gonna keep up. Yeah, we we have to do it. I mean, if we don't, we go from a blue blood to a mid tier program. You're exactly right. Don't you think part of the reason Lincoln left, guys, is I. I thought there was a, a talk that the administration at OU would not do things like other schools. And it seems like they've changed their tune a little bit with Brent Venables. But did you guys not hear that talk? Yep. I, I remember that. But listen, Jeremy, it doesn't seem like they're doing it like other schools. Yeah, they're not dropping. They're not dropping bags. In my opinion, the way they've handled the NIL so far, I think these collectives they've had have been pretty – they've had to, like, work or make, make like, community involvement to get some money. It hasn't just been dropping bags of money. I don't think Venable yeah, is like Venable that. Venable started the sole – he started the sole mission to, to really roll out all the collectives. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you also have to have – you know, I heard it on the radio the other day. When you have these NIL packages with with lots of money, then you have to have financial classes for these kids, so they know how much money is going to be basically taxed on. You got to you got to teach these kids about it too. You can't just drop a bag of money and and, and send them on their way. I mean, so I, I don't know all that. Well, speaking of uh, recruiting, while we're on it, there was just a new crystal ball dropped. Nigel Smith, high yeah, four, four star. 2024 class. Mm-hmm. Just like I said, this weekend is a big chance to pick up a lot of momentum for the 2024 class and to finish off the 2023 class. And yeah, I mean, for me now at this point, I think it's just a, just a matter of time till Peyton Pierce and David Stone and guys like that start to come in the 2024 class. Well, we're going to talk about the game in a minute, but yeah, this is a picture-perfect weekend for University of Oklahoma football's future, and I'm hoping the dominoes continue to fall. It sounds like with the sources, Jay, that that you kind of dug through today and and verified that there's not just going to be one domino. That this is going to there's going to be an effect uh, to one and then another. So it's exciting to think about. I I will say that the staff that we have in place seems to not be as uh, arrogant or quick to post things like the former staff. So I think, I think they're probably the players are getting a lot of talk from Venables. They're seeing who he is and that he's true to himself, that there's not 
a facade on Brent Venables. And I think, honestly, if you're a parent of a high school kid, those kinds of things matter to parents, to families, that he is who he says he is. And I think he's, I think the more they see of him that they realize that. And it's not a, a facade and something they're just going to be all to go post about and talk about. And they're upfront about everything. And I, I think that's what we get with Venables that we didn't get with the former guy. Well, and I think, I think honestly, the five and five record shows that a little more. Like when, when they're five and five and Venables is the same dude, all these coaches, the same staff, like, Hey, stick with us, you know, blah, 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 whatever coach speak it might be. Um, but you can see it. And guys, if they are able to pull out this top three class, which if they get these guys we're talking about, it's going to be a top three class. I really think so with the number of commits they have and the amount of four and five stars. If they pull off a top three class going five and or six and six or seven and five, are you kidding me? I'll use an analogy since you're not good at doing it, Jay. I would say Brent Venables would have to be, he would have to take over Helen Keller as the miracle worker. Hey, well, I mean, talking about analogies, you do like to compare Jeff uh, Levy to Paul Blart, so. I'll get into I'll get into talk about Levy when we get in the post game here in a second. So yeah, well I, I mean, well I mean, just like you were talking about the potential for this class, it's just crazy because like when whenever you think of all the struggles they've had this year, the recruits are still bought in with everything Brent Venables is preaching. I mean, it, this isn't a not a program that's just going to be built overnight. It's being basically built back up from the bottom. Yeah, that's right. And what I think is so important, Hunter, you tweeted it earlier. I think you retweeted the Dean Blevins tweet from the coaches show. But when Brent said this could be the last Bedlam game, period, not at home. I mean, who knows, guys, when they go to the SEC? It could be – you don't know. It could be next year or the year after – that's why this class is so big. It's it's yeah, such I mean, a big class. We could just be overlooking this whole collective and all that stuff of NIL. It could also be maybe freeing up a little more money for a buyout. I mean, the Big 12 has been just awful to us. I mean, last night there was another flag that was just – Awful. A few reviews that were ridiculous. There was, there was actually two flags. The holding and the pass interference are both terrible. But I mean, I'm going to go back to the uh, recruiting for a second. I don't know if you guys saw the clip from Jackson Arnold on the pregame show on K on KREF when Thune, I believe, was talking to him about recruiting. You know, Jackson Arnold seemed a little bit more like confident like he didn't want to say as much like he knew something was going to happen tonight so i mean i think he i think he and other people expected big things to happen and big things did happen so guys i want to go back to what we were just talking about with the whole sec next year i think we said it i think someone said it on our post game pod last week after the west virginia game when the cj colden call happened we were like would you rather – I think it was Hunter who said it. Would you rather stay in, in the Big 12 and deal with these calls for another year or just go to the SEC? And I think 
there, I mean, there was some calls last night that they were awful. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready to get out of the Big 12. So, for too. what it's worth, yeah. if it's one, con- if it's well, we go over the SEC and it's one division, I don't care. At this point, I'm ready to get off the Big 12. We're OU needs to move on from the Big 12. It it it's it's not going to get any better. I mean, we've seen it this year. They were they always punish them with 11 o'clock kickoffs. They always, I mean, it, it's just getting worse and worse. And Texas fans can vouch for it too. It's not getting better for them either. So at this point, move on, you know, and and just call it good. I mean, so. But I think I think we can get into get into the post game a little bit from the game. Get in some game talk. I think we've talked about recruiting now. Let's get into some game talk from the from the game this weekend. And yes. we talked we talked a lot about it on the pregame pod. A lot of the stuff we talked about kind of kind of happened. You know, we talked about how they got to get off to a great start, which they did. Uh, obviously they played defense well for all four quarters, but way by far the best defense played the game, a game they played and they won the game. But guys, I, I know we're going to talk about it, but probably one of the worst offensive performances I've seen in my lifetime from the first quarter on to get that many opportunities with the ball and to do absolutely zero with it. Well, that I mean, 14, yeah. uh, possessions without a score 12 consecutive uh and to be able to win that really just shows how well the defense played yesterday because I mean honestly being there I really thought we were going to have a 60 point blowout in the first quarter I mean it was 28 nothing and I honestly should have been 35 nothing but Willis had that fumble in the red zone uh it was it's shocking, really, that we were able to win with what I said the key to the game was, was keeping Turk off the field. And Turk had 11 punts last night, and we still won by 15. That's unreal. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like I I talked about quite a bit, was that Spencer Sanders has a history of when you get him rattled early. He struggles. And to say he got rattled early is an understatement. The amount he like he was lost out there. Like the amount of different looks they showed with defensive ends dropping into flats, dro- dropping into the middle of the field, linebackers blitzing, all the stunts. Spencer Sanders was lost in basically the whole entire first half. And, and I hey, give all the credit to Ted Roof on that. He called one heck of a game. Brent Venables called a heck of a game. Ted Roof didn't do anything. Yeah. Hey, but we did give him different looks. Look, Spencer Sanders, since he's been at Stillwater, this game is different for him. Okay. You know, he would say that this is the game he wants to win. He's, he's way more emotional. And we, we did talk about it. We said, get in his head a little bit. And early on, we hit him. We actually made the interceptions and made the, the plays, even though we dropped a few. He did get rolling in the third quarter and nearly, uh, made that a very dicey situation there last night, thanks to the, offensive uh, play calling and execution and time management. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know a time when OU has allowed 102 plays from the opposing team and been able to hold them under 20 points. 
That was unbelievable last night. And again, we talked about it. It's the perfect time for it with all these defensive recruits there. But we did see some things with uh, stunts and guys. Deshaun White, uh, maybe the most improved player down there. The, the the years he's had with he's learned a new position all year. The guy's been phenomenal. He's going to get drafted. He had a heck of a game last night. I agree. What do you think? What do you guys think? Hunter, you were there. What do you think? Because I was watching it last night and I was thinking this because we've had a lot of talk about this on the podcast, especially you, Jeremy. You've lit the defense up. You've lit them up all year long about how they, they're just too complex. It's just too complex. They don't understand it. Blah, blah, blah. Last night was probably the most complex they played. They were dropping people in coverage. They were blitz. It was and, and they were in the right positions. What changed? I don't, I'm, I'm kind of confused. Like, did it all just come I, together for I the one honestly, game? I, I, I maybe like, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I was, I'm gladly wrong about my Spencer Sanders would have 500 yards, even though he almost did. Uh, he had 368, I think, passing. Uh, so not that far. 52 times. Yeah, he had 67 passing attempts. Uh, I mean, I really don't know how it happened. I mean, everything about the game, honestly, should have been a, oh, you lost. Like, like for the defense to be out on the field 102 plays and to have six sacks, I think nine tackles were lost, maybe more than that. It might have been 15. I, I don't know, somewhere in there. Uh and four interceptions. I mean, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, it, it was a great atmosphere. The crowd was going all night long. The defense set the tone for the entire game. And it, it was a different Oklahoma defense. Because usually if the offense starts to struggle, the defense kind of like puts their tails. Yeah, they fold. The legs and they fold. I mean, but they, they, they won the game last night. They had three straight uh, stops at the end of the fourth quarter. I mean, great job by the defense. A-plus, special teams A-plus. And it's time now to talk about the offense, which has uh, gone downhill quicker than uh, many things I can think of. Uh, just digressed. Last night was the epitome of the season for the offense where you have a flash of greatness, a flash of what we're used to uh, and on the offensive side of the ball. Gabriel is a major reason for this, but Jeff Levy is the quarterback's coach, works with the quarterbacks, calls plays on third down. Guys, I have not been impressed overall with the offense the second half of the year. And last night was abysmal on that side of the ball. Couldn't even control the ball over three minutes, guys. I, I don't even know what to say. We probably should have just stopped the podcast to, after we finished with the defense and the special teams because that was pitiful to look so great, have guys running wide open, and then the second half and the second quarter, there was no one open. Or he wasn't seeing him. I don't know what the deal was, guys. He, he uh, It was both because, I mean – Oklahoma State safeties were playing well all game long. There's no reason to not attempt a deep ball. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is it's overthrown or even picked off. You have a 28-point lead, and the defense had your back all night long. You got to attempt it. Well, and Hunter, Hunter, we were told, promised all year that 
Dylan Gabriel, if there's anything he did well, it was throw the D ball. What were, what kind of crap have, we fed? I, I don't think I've ever seen him throw a deep ball well. Like, and that's really. all that we, they talked about like, going into the, the year. The first play of the year, it was an overthrow. I was at the game, overthrow to Mims. Uh, I mean, really. I mean, even the one to Stoops for 33 yards, that was uh, an overthrow, really. That should have been six. He was wide open. Yep. Like, that's a walk into the end zone. Stoops had to make a amazing yeah. catch, dive, and make the catch. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, K-State, once again, overthrows cost us the game. Playing the defense all you want. Uh, it's There's no reason not to attempt it. I mean, they were lined up, man coverage, no cushion at all on Farouk Mims or even Stoops. You got to attempt something. Yeah, yeah but sure. listen, listen. Well, I, I'm sick of the I'm sick of the Jeff Lebby crap from you, Jeremy. And and mainly it's 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 the stuff you say about the play calling and the screen passes. If we throw a daggum another screen, I'm just gonna. Uh, it, you say it every game. The screen passes get about eight to ten yards a game at play. I don't know what you're talking about in the screens. The screens not when he, he missed, the, not when he couldn't even complete them, and then we were behind the chains. I don't remember the screens him not completing. It was a different. There was routes. one to Drake Stoops in the flat. There was one to Farouk where he led him too much. There are two or three screen balls he couldn't even complete, guys. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not on the coordinator. I would just soon go down the field a little bit when the safeties were up. We couldn't run the ball. We couldn't that's run the ball very well. So do something. I, I don't. We mix it up so well in the first quarter, guys. The first five plays of the game were pass plays. And then we got super predictable and conservative once we went up 28. That's what it was. I would say conservative. I wouldn't say predictable because predictable would have been running the ball. Two, we did. Two straight series, two handoffs, and then a throw on third One down. was two on your own two-yard line. Before that, we went 93 yards from our own seven. I just think I – think, I think a lot of times – and Lebby, Lebby is – not good with the time management aspect of it. And and it's more the thing of you're up 28 nothing. Read the room, dude. You're not moving the ball. You're struggling. You need to run more than 55 seconds off the play off the, off the game clock before you punt it. At least run some clock. That was my biggest complaint from Lebby. Over the play call and everything was run the clock. I mean, you can't be hiking the ball with 25 seconds left on the play clock. You know they were going into the fourth quarter. They got the ball back with fifty-five seconds left on the on the pl- on the clock before the fourth quarter, and I thought, well, they'll just run a play here and then they'll wait till the fourth quarter and punt it. Guys, they punted before the fourth quarter was over, if I remember right. It was they. They. I don't think we got it off. I think it was to start the next quarter. We okay, but it was close. I could I be mean, wrong. It was something like that. I know what you're talking about, though. Uh it is annoying, though. Like, yeah. I don't agree with getting conservative at all. I mean, LSU has done nothing but talk, all this stuff. Oh, SEC this, SEC that. Beat the brakes off of them. I mean, you had them on the ropes. And if it wasn't for a bailout from the defense, I mean, they could have came back on us. Hey, Jay, I want to give you four numbers. You tell me what these numbers are. 28, 20, Zero. Thirteen. I would probably say that's 
four games this year they've scored points. That, that's some of their points in their losses. That's four, that's four of our points in the last seven games. Zero? Well, yeah, Texas. Jay. You can't count that game. Yeah, yeah you can. You should score at least some points against Texas. Not with Davis Bevel. Then yank him. Oh, please. Jay, this is the University of Oklahoma we're talking about, and we're scoring in the 20s, guys. Jeff yeah, Levy. You can't, you can't we have everyone back on offense, Jay. Everyone's back on offense except for the quarterback. Yeah, one of the things that Levy deserves criticism for is his personnel decisions. There was no reason to not try something with uh, Evers or Moody against Texas. Well, and then yeah. I understand Rain was hurt last night, and that hurt. And Congo was not good. Congo was awful, guys. On hiking the ball, it, it was It took bad. forever to get the ball back there. You talked about it in the podcast and the Twitter space before that, and it happened. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, hey, he was trying also, to do his job like, and run the puck down as much as possible. Let me run and play. Hey, do you want If I have one complaint about the way this offense is called, is on third and two, when you need to get a first down of points in the game, why you're dropping back to pass and not ever running wildcat with Eric Gray and Brayden Willis in the backfield? We haven't seen that. I don't know why. I'm not going to complain about throwing the ball on first down. I don't mind throwing it on first down. I was mad at the two series when we ran Gray two times in a row. And Gray, Gray wasn't great last night, guys. He was great in the first quarter. Barnes started showing some things. I thought we could have maybe went with him some. Dude, all the talk we heard in the spring was about Javante Barnes. The the guy is it is a flat out stud. He just doesn't have the experience, and you see it where, especially in the fourth quarter, where he was carrying the ball up near his head, and Demarco Murray was pissed off at him and y yanked him, and he didn't come back in the game. Hey, how many wins do you guys think we would have if Rattler was our quarterback? We'd have two losses. If I Rattler, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Rattler and Caleb Williams are there, we'd be we'd be eight and two right now. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Williams there, they might undefeated. have one loss. No, we would be undefeated. He'd no, they don't. They don't probably beat. Well, they they he finds a way to win. I mean, that's there's no other way to put it. Dylan Gabriel, guys, I in his head, he's got to understand he's not going to be the guy next year, right? Well, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, Jackson, please. What 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 did you mean by that? We got to wait and see. No, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying Dylan's I'm saying a good quarterback, guys. Dylan's a good quarterback because we know how Jeff Levy is. The first day of spring, he automatically declared Dylan Gabriel the starter. He didn't even give Evers the chance, but I mean. But I mean, I, I, I think Jackson Arnold should start. I, th I think he's the best QB in the country. So, hey, Parker Thune just tweeted this. I saw yeah. him. Yeah, so it means stop signing cap. Stop capping. Yeah, it's about. Okay, so maybe stop, they're talking about your sources. Stop capping about what? 
Well, he was tagged in some stuff about Bowen. I'm, pr I'm pretty sure that's what that's about. On the offensive, guys, so we talked about defense. Offensive side of the ball, are, who's coming in to help? Jackson Arnold? Yeah. How many linemen Last. are back? That's the problem. They're going to be playing a lot of young linemen next year, guys. Hey, what were you saying about uh, Antoine Harris? There is someone posted yesterday. I can't remember the source, but that there is a that OU basically is offering some kind of NIL package for Antoine Harrison to stay one more year before he enters the draft. And the only reason I could think that is he protects Jackson Arnold's blindside, and they they probably see that next year when maybe some guys on offense that they really need Antoine Harrison on the line to protect Jackson Arnold. Is, is there any worse? I haven't heard any update on him. I haven't yes, heard it either. Did not, it did not look good. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if it was like cut to a TV timeout or what for you guys, but he was down for a while. It looked bad. Uh, no, they didn't show it much on the television. I didn't even see a replay of it. He was hey, hey, that's a great that's a great point though, and what we have not talked about with this NIL, and that is with these guys that hey, say you're going to be a second round pick, and whatever you're going to make that first year, we can pay you that or a certain percentage of that to come back and improve your draft stock. With Anton Harrison, though, that's a lot to ask because, honestly, he's going to be a first-round pick. Yeah, I would agree PFF with you. I think he's a first-round pick. all over him since, I like, agree. three. I agree with you, but I'm just saying, like, for future, that, that's not a bad way to use the NIL. No, for sure. I mean, I agree, like – if a guy though like I mean Anton Harrison and Eric Gray are you know only two guys I see for sure going to the NFL besides the guys that have to leave. So I mean Drake yeah. Stoops is gonna come back. He'd be stupid not to. Hey, confirmation. He would I don't think he'll get drafted, but he would be a highly touted undrafted free agent. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, you, you asked the question about who who's going to come in to help. I tell you the position that I'm I'm quite worried about in this offense, and that's tight end. Llewellyn doesn't look to be the guy, does he, well, guys? No, I'm not saying he's not the guy. seems to be pretty good. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not the guy. They're just very young. And this offense on the – and I'm mainly saying in the run game, guys – because Braden Willis is a huge asset in the run game on blocking. And maybe Llewellyn will be that guy in the run game. He's probably not the pass catcher that Helms is. But I see that as a pivotal position the first next year. Hey, as of recently, though, all of our tight ends have been here, like, from early on in their careers, like they're young starters. Yeah, I can't think of it. I actually can't, outside of Daniel Parker, who's done nothing, have we had a transfer tight end at all that has come in or even an H-back that has come in and made a difference as a transfer? Because I don't recall any. They've all been OU guys for the, for the only old the guy I could think of really was Carson Meyer, but he was here already. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, he just transferred him. positions, right? I think so. I think he just moved to that uh, 
fullback H-back role. Uh, but, like, everyone else, I mean, Stogner started early. Calcaterra started early. Mm. Jeremiah Hall was here for a Andrew while. started early. Dimitri yep. Flowers, Flowers as well. started I mean, early. All Trey, Trey Millard. Trey Millard was early. Uh, Raiden Willis has been here since 2019, like, and played at times. Like, it's just – I think we'll be fine there, really. I, I think those two tight ends we got last year are going to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm super-duper high on Caden Elms. I mean, he was a top 300 player in 247 sports for sure. I think he may have been the top 150. thing about Gabriel's, he'd be a great backup, guys, and you could – you could take some chances with Arnold running the ball. You wouldn't have to totally protect him, knowing you got at least a very capable backup. No, you want to protect your quarterbacks all the time. You don't want them getting hurt. Right, but Jackson Arnold's a runner, Jackson. He's got to run the ball. Yeah. Nick yeah. Evers is a more capable backup than Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> Come on. Uh, hey, what do you I mean? Hey. For, for tight end, though, since we're talking about that, the one I really want is Luke Haas. I mean, he's just unreal at big speed. I don't hey, think we'll get him. But that they, would be Arkansas, amazing if we could flip Arkansas him. Arkansas has another tight end that's ranked above him. That's from Arkansas, committed to Arkansas. So that is something to know. Well, also, uh, him, speaking of him, he's an elite run blocker, dude. They're like, they're like, they put him as I a went to the loss of game. A lot the first. amount of pancake blocks he had was my unreal. gosh. He, like, he, he had, had one that got called back, and it really wasn't even that bad. He just smoked the dude. Yeah, there was a play versus Jinx where Jinx is number 18, I believe. He's like this huge linebacker that they have. And has came in, met him at the point of attack on the last scrimmage, and put him in the ground. It was, I mean, I would love to have this this guy still co committed to OU, but he was a Riley guy. So, hey, y'all, y'all brought up the quarterback next year. Like if if Arnold comes in and you got Arnold Gabriel, but I kind of feel like I kind of feel like Evers is kind of getting just overlooked in this whole deal. He He's leaving, dude. Listen. He's not going to stay around and, and be third string. Listen. Okay, but, but listen, Lebby, the first day on the job, he went and got him. He, The first day he signed with OU, Lebby, he went on a plane and got I, him. And I got get Evers. what you're saying. but and We're just giving really up on think, him? No, but do you really think that he has confidence in Evers? Because you can't convince me that Evers is worse than Dylan Gabriel. Definitely can't convince me that he's worse than Davis Beeble. Beeble, Beeble, he's awful. Well, um, I think it's just – I think they're just redshirting. That's what I think. But you got four games. You have four games. You, you could play him now, yeah. Yeah, but where would he have played I the, the other no day? I tell you where he'd play last night. You could have had a package in for him. I agree with that. Packages are pulled. out the window with this team because Michael Bowens has never played. I know. He's supposedly faster than Kyler. Hey. Everyone's seen his stuff. He's what not faster he? than Kyler. Yes. They say he is. Yes. Wait, who? Yes. No, he's not. Yes. Oh, he yeah. Not. That's what Kyler. they say about him. Mm -hmm. But Nick Evers, Nick Evers is a runner, to too. Just have him run it. 
saying. Our run game, guys, is weak, dude. It's zone read. That's all we can do. Hey, but listen, Nick Evers was a four-star. He's not no slouch. A lot of potential. According to Jeff Levy, he is a slouch. Or he would have been. I agree. He would have been playing. And what are you Jay, saying? Put, what are you they, saying? That I'm saying Jeff Levy done. I'm, I'm saying there's I'm something saying, going something going on. I'm saying Jeff Levy's personnel decisions suck. Jay, he played in the Texas game. I know he came in just that for a was an insult. That was an insult. He hates. He must hate Nick Evers, or maybe it's something with the mom. I don't know, man. What? She was pissed over that. Oh, she was. Oh, she was if, hot. If oh, I yeah. was Nick Evers, I would have looked him in the eye and told him, "I'm not going in." I mean, I know you can't look him. I would have went and picked up the phone and tell him, "You're crazy if you think I'm going in right hey, now." So you, Hunter, think you just brought up a great point, Hunter. Go pick up the phone. Jeff Levy needs to be on the sidelines. Why? I I just think he needs to be on the sidelines. Hey, Why? Why? Garrett Why? Riley's on the sidelines. Lincoln yeah, Riley was, was on the sidelines. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Hey, Hunter. Hunter you're a quarterback Hunter, whisperer. Hey, Hunter and Jeremy, will you all please right now go pull the Garrett Riley posters off your wall? I'm so sick of hearing about Garrett Riley from YouTube. He's going to be it's in the playoffs. Every, so it's every, podcast. every podcast. Hey, you realize, though, if TCU somehow wins the playoff game, Garrett Riley's going to be the next head coach of, like, Auburn or Nebraska, right? He's not. He'll be the next head coach of, like, East no. Carolina, bro. No, he, he, he will, he will get a big-time job, dude. Five job. Yes. Guys, they're off. What he's done with TCU. Y'all are so far in, Jay, in Garrett Riley's. I don't how? know why. You're not impressed with him. He's too young. He's not. He's, I, I mean, was Lincoln Riley too young? I Jeremy, I don't. I don't mention Lincoln Riley's name on here. I wouldn't necessarily trust him. I know you because of who his brother is and what coaches it tends to be. If you're loyal, it runs in the family, and if you're not, it does. It runs in the family as well. But you can't deny that. Uh, Garrett Riley is a phenomenal play caller. Look at what he's done at TCU. I wouldn't he say phenomenal. I wouldn't he say phenomenal. absolutely torched us. How many 60-plus yard touchdowns? He's a phenomenal play caller. Hey, how many did they have? Because hey, I think hey, he's at least five. Hey, hey, how many of their touchdowns were on busted coverage is at least three? But it's still... They confused, they confused I mean, the crap if, out of OU. If you're causing busted play co uh, uh, coverages, that's good play call. And Jay, that's, what that's on the defense from pre-snap. But that's that's because of good play calling. The coverage was busted. He's not going to Alabama. Listen, you want me to tell you the the, the way he's going to do? He's going to be a he's the offensive coordinator at TCU for a couple of years. Then he'll go get the job at like probably something like Texas Tech or something like that. Or SMU. Jay, SMU. Bill O'Brien is not the problem at Bama. Like, they blamed the Tennessee loss on him, and he put up 49 points. All I'm saying, Jay. guys, y'all need to get off the Garrett Riley. Jay. Let's move on. Let's move Jay. on. Also, Spence Riley put up 63 points. on. Jay, tell me, tell me why you think Levy needs to stay in the press box. Because that's what he's comfortable doing, and he calls pretty good games from up there. 
to me, he doesn't seem to have any player connection. You can at see all. more things from the press box too. Joe John hey, Finley's a Jackson, player well, Jackson. Hey, Jackson. Hey, well, Most I mean, of the best coordinators are on the field. They're not in the press box. That is true. Uh, the job for two being good on the coordinators on the field and Garrett and Lincoln Riley. Your analyst. That's field. because Riley is a head coach. No, I'm gonna, I'm going to name another one for you right now. Uh, go to the NFL. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, he not in the press box, buddy. Hey, Andy Jeremy. Reed, they're on the sidelines, buddy. They're not going to be down up in the press box. Jeremy, okay. let me give you a name. Press box. Joe Brady. You're going to pull out one guy who had eight NFL guys on his roster, Jay. Come off it. Hey, Joe Brady is so good. I wish we could have got him. Exactly. He's so good. Where is he at? I will give you that. Buffalo. He's on my he's on Miami, I think. No. Buffalo. No, Buffalo. Hey. Yeah. Remember when there's a chance there's talk that OU was getting him. I'd have him any day over Levy, guys. But but Jackson. No, and Levy can recruit like crazy. Levy can get guys. Well, okay, let's go back to what we were talking about with Nick Evers. Highly recruited by Levy. How does he stick it out for four years? I mean, not as a third team guy. Four years, but I, I don't think he leaves necessarily yet. I think he would stick out next year. For to sure. me, him and to me, him and Arnold should be battling it out for the number one job next year. Period. That's just the question with Levy, though. The personnel decisions are obvious that they're not good. How is he going to handle that situation? I don't know. I agree. There's been other questionable things too with personnel on offense. Let me ask you this. This is a this is a serious question. I'm not just blowing smoke or saying this, but is there a chance Gabriel doesn't come back? I would love for that, but I don't. He was very emotional. See, he was very emotional yesterday, guys. Yeah, it made me think it was his last game. The way he was talking. I, the only way it would be is if, like, we pull scholarship from him. Like, really, like. I mean, what's why, his why would we what's his major? What's his major? You, dude, you guys act like he's the worst quarterback in college football sometimes. We're not saying he, he's the worst he's quarterback. He's not far from it, though. Oh, Hunter. Oh, my God. the most hey. casual fan statement I've ever heard in hey, my freaking life. Jackson. Hey, you say that, and then we're watching Spencer Rattler beat the number five team in the country. Okay, Spencer Rattler had one good game this year. Hunter, go look at Spencer Rattler's stats this year. He sucked all year. He did have a huge game last year. I called it at the beginning of the year. You guys don't know that I said it. I wasn't on here at the time. But I did say that uh, South Carolina would get a big-time upset this year. That's typical South Carolina and Beamer. No, I'm just saying Rattler in general. That's when Rattler was getting lit up by Arkansas. Hey, all the hate. I thought the Rattler was going to be a Heisman candidate at a point. Brody, go. Hey, and okay, here's listen. I got one thing for you guys. Eleven hundred yards, and I don't know how many touchdowns. Probably ten. That's what the two former OU quarterbacks did last night. Okay. Second of all, Tanner Mordecai threw ten touchdowns in one game this year. Hey. I hated Tanner Mordecai because he dropped the snap in the final play of the game in 2018 Red River rivalry. 
but I would much rather him over Dylan Gabriel. It's nothing against Gabriel. Like, I just don't know. I mean, I think we all thought he was going to be, like, a superstar. And Travis Davison talked about it. It's kind of good for the program to have a quarterback like this. It's kind of – it doesn't hide some of the other things, I think, is what he was saying. But I just just don't know that – he's got to see the writing on the wall that these five-star guys coming in there are going to get the job. I mean – I love Gabriel, guys, but here's yeah, what I'm saying. Here's what I'm part. saying. Nick Evers has been in this system now for a year. You don't think there's any chance Nick Evers beats out Jackson Arnold? If Jackson Arnold is as good as they say he is, which I think he is. He is good, but Evers no. is good too. Uh, yes, I, I agree. I've said Evers should have, should be playing right now. I've said that for weeks. I still think it's Jackson Arnold's team. Do you think he's 100%. the number one quarterback in the class? He should be. Hey. If his name hey, was Manning, he would hey. be. Yep, if his name was Jackson. What about Manning, Nelson? He's, he's like uh, significantly better than him. But you guys acted like I insulted Dylan Gabriel as a person. I'm just saying as a quarterback. Okay, like, okay, but listen, Hunter, I agree. I agree with Hunter, you. Like, Hunter. But no, there's like, I want at K State alone, two quarterbacks better than Dylan Gabriel. At West Virginia, the backup's better than Dylan Gabriel. Okay, but here, listen. At Texas, multiple quarterbacks better than Dylan Gabriel. Hey, listen, though. You're Dylan Gabriel. You were, you were at UCLA getting ready to enroll. Okay, just let, let me walk you through this scenario. There's no way he starts over Dorian Tell. Hey, exactly. Jackson, let me finish. He's at UCLA getting a roll, and he's thinking in his head, okay, you got you got DTR here, okay. I'm Am I going to be the guy or am I going to be the backup? Lebby called and said, hey, we got a spot for you. Do you think Lebby at all talked to Dylan and said it's a one-year deal, or did you think he said if you want to play your two years, that's great too? Do you think there was anything – said about how long he's going to be here. Okay, me personally, on how I've seen Levy make personnel decisions, I think it, he said it's your team for as long as you want it to be. So That's next year too? So yes. next year? I think that Levy is incapable of making personnel decisions based off of skill. I think he does it off of personal relationships with the player. But he has I a good relationship. Can see that. I can see that in kind of how he – I mean, not once this year has he talked about needing to make changes at all personnel-wise. Even when things have gone crap, he never brings up, look, we need to look at personnel. We need to look at personnel. Everything is kind of almost bashing General Booty and Nick Evers. I don't think I don't know that Nick Evers would be as efficient in the passing game as Gabriel on, on his first year, but he he'd do a lot of things on his with his feet. All I'm asking is to give him the chance. I'm hey, not saying necessarily I, agree. I think he will be better, but just give him the chance. Hey, that let me hasn't happened. Let me throw this scenario. I out just there. want to see a package for him. Just a package. See what let, he could do. Hey, let me throw this scenario out there. 
So Gabriel comes for a year. Do you think Gabriel thinks in his head at all that he can make it to the next level at all? Then just answer yes or no. I'll, uh, yes, I think he thinks he can. I'm going no, but. Okay, so if it's no, do you think there's any possibility that he sticks on next year just as like a graduate assistant, quarterback, coach, kind of like the guy from the guy from South Carolina who was like a coach but could also play if they had enough injuries? I mean, just to I help think, teach the – is I that a possibility at all? I, I, mean, I think he thinks he's going to the next level because, honestly, the guys that last the longest are the ones that were not great in college. But, yes, I think what you're saying is a real possibility. I don't think he'll be any good at it. I I don't make progressions. I don't think he can coach if he can't make a read past the first one. Man, Hunter, you are harsh on him. I'm harsh on him because this is Oklahoma. Rebuild or not, this is Oklahoma. Not like, and not just as it, it's dude, not just that K State has multiple quarterbacks better than him. TCU has hey, multiple Hunter, Kansas Hunter. starters better. Hey Hunter, you're I need you to answer this question. Nobody else talk. I need Hunter to say, You're telling me Will Howard is better than Dylan Gabriel? Yes or no? Yes, Will Howard <laughs> wins consistently. Yes. You're telling me Will telling Howard me, beat West Virginia. You're Dylan telling me Gabriel did not. You're telling me Mr. Bean from Kansas is better than Dylan Gabriel. Did I say Bean? I did not say him. He never Jaylen said Daniels. Kansas guy. Yeah, he said I Kansas. Said the starter, Jalen Daniels, is the starter. That's who I'm talking about. Jalen Daniels is debatably the second best quarterback in the Big Twelve, though. Hey, okay, but I agree with, this is still Oklahoma. <laughs> Up until yesterday, I'd be saying Spencer Sanders too. But hey, you know, I agree with Hunter, and, and here's why. Here's why I'm going to say I agree with Hunter in a lot of this. This is week ten, guys. If he couldn't read the defense early on in the year, we could cut him some slack. But you said it, Jay. When there's pressure and he's got to go to his second and third read. He gets happy feet and he gets rid of the ball. Dusty Dvorak on the call last night even said there's no one in his face. There's no real pressure up again. Maybe it goes back to the head injury. Hey, you know what? I've loved this conversation and I've kind of pushed some buttons on y'all. And and all y'all have done is basically said Jeff Lebby's the best offensive coordinator in the nation. What? By saying what you're saying. You've basically confirmed that Jeff Lebby, what he's done with this offense and this quarterback is just miraculous. No, because he should be able to tell them to make – they should be able to work on their progression. He should have a relationship. If it was with miraculous, dude, we would Dude, be there's like no way Dylan Gabriel does not practice these things. I guess – as... And then scored no points the rest of the game. Guys, we all know the problem is the inconsistency of the offense. Just like you said, last night was a microcosm. They're all or nothing. The offense is all or nothing. That's what we've got all year long. Hey, and a lot hey. of it is doing Gabriel is all or nothing. And then when he is all at times, the receivers drop passes. You're exactly right, Hunter. I agree with that well, 100%. Well, the more you guys hate on Dylan Gabriel – Makes me sound like you think that our backup quarterback is capable of having success. We have we have a backup quarterback that is capable. Give him the chance. That's all I'm asking. Nick Evers is capable. There was three guys in that quarterback room. 
that I just want them to have the chance. I just if want they a suck, package I for Nick Evans. I just want to see them out there. That's it. I agree. I want a package for Nick Evers. At least see what he can do running the ball. The last I've wanted a package for Micah Bowens for the past however many years he's been here. Bowens, I, I think we can. Bowens, guys, is not. Bowens, but he can run. That's Jay, all. I'm not saying throw the ball. Just quarterback keepers. That's well, if hey, you're Jay. gonna do that, just put Gray back there in the Wildcat. No, you don't, Jay. Bowen's it was never above Bob Stoops. It was never above Bob Stoops to play two quarterbacks or to have a package for a guy. Why is Jeff Levy? It's like it's above him to put a package in for anyone else. Hey, Lincoln Riley was the same way. No, Riley Riley had a package for a couple guys. Not for Bowens. Not for Bowens, but he had Caleb okay. Williams. He had Caleb Williams running uh Bootlegs and stuff when Rattler was the starter, and there wasn't even a controversy. Okay, but we're we're talking about like some of the best quarterbacks in the country. Packages, well, yes, yeah. those guys as backups should have packages. I'm saying Ever just guys have a yes, Evers should have a package. Bowen should have a package, even though they're has, not the top guys in the country. Give them the chance. Has OU done anything different offensively from the beginning of the year? No, we haven't. Jeff Levy has died. Am I wrong in that? I mean, no, you're not. But, I mean, also, why switch it up whenever, really, they they were having a, a lot of success at points. But, I mean. I'm not saying switch it up. I'm saying there's got to be some – you're always yeah, yeah. in a state of improving and adding things, and he just hasn't. He did against Texas, and that was only because he was handcuffed. He was forced to. That's the only reason we put any other package in Texas. It's the only game all year we've done anything different. They didn't They didn't do anything different last night in the Jay, first quarter, guys? No. Those were some of the play, same play calls we've ran earlier in the year. How come we Jay. don't ever try and put Gabriel under center? And never, lose? never does. Yeah. Jay, hey Jay, Lincoln Riley had two or three new plays every game, every game. Don't I, compare you know Levy to Lincoln Riley. Hey, you know what? I, the, the love fest you have for the Riley brothers is—it's guys—it's kind of sickening to be They're honest. They're two of the best college football minds, offensive minds in the country, Jay. And, and they'll never win a championship, so. I don't care. Hey, don't yeah, stop this year. I think Garrett hey, Riley's know better something? than Lincoln. You think who? Garrett's better than Lincoln. You guys on Garrett Riley, what's he hey. done other than this year? Hey, calling Jay. I mean, where – What are you talking about? I watched he TCU. At, hey, he was at Kansas before he was at TCU. There's not much you can do at Kansas. That pretty much wraps it up for this podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. At the Sooner Surge, make sure you follow our Instagram. Uh, leave us a review. This podcast did have some audio issues, so if you're hearing anything like that, that is why. But again, thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us and leave a review.